Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hi! Hello, how are you? I am good. Are you ready to get this crazy train going? Oh my God, so ready. A lot of family talk. We got a sneak peek at the pool. Let's dive in. (laughs) Okay, so you know how we talk about like when people have huge secrets, maybe don't like say it out loud. I I mean, look, I love watching Maxie in action, okay? I I love Mm -hmm. her acting. I love watching it. And I love how she doesn't hold back. Like she is sad about Louise and she'll tell Brooklyn as loudly (laughs) as she can. Like, this is one of those things where her actual presence rings alarm bells, right? Like, her yes. actual presence brings alarm bells. So, not only does she show up, but then she legit is speaking so loudly about all of the details. So, what did you think about that whole conversation? Oh, my God. It was I was so paranoid the whole entire time because Monica's, like, lurking around every corner just making sure that, you know, Maxie doesn't steal a baby that's not, quote-unquote, not hers. Reasonable so on Monica's part. <laughs> right? Like, oh, my gosh. And poor Maxie. Like, it was a very interesting scene because you see Maxie breaking down and her, what people think, you know, on the brink of insanity, the reality is she's just a tortured mom wanting to be close to her child. And Brooklyn was the voice of clarity. And it was just so amazing to see how much they've grown. I mean, we've seen it over and over again, but in this scene specifically, the way she was being such a good yeah. friend and trying to remind her why they're doing this and, and you know, still giving her that option. Like, hey, if you want to stop now, cool, let's stop now, but let's think of the bigger picture. And then, you know, we can revisit it. And even when Maxie brought up leaving town, Brooklyn looked a little heartbroken. Like she didn't want her to leave. Yeah, it was definitely hard to watch. It was heartbreaking, you know, to have that conversation between them. And we do see the hint of it a little later, right? Because Brooklyn has mm-hmm. been the voice of reason. And she explains why, you know what I mean? In their conversations, like she knows that it's hard for Maxie. So she's doing whatever she can to kind of keep this whole thing going for Maxie's sake. And in mm-hmm. the conversation that Brooklyn later has with Nina, Nina gives her a reaction, and I feel like it's really showing the audience, you know, and solidifying what we already know is, you know, what Brooklyn's really doing and how she's changed. That she's made it 100% about Bailey Louise and Maxie and could not care less about her shares and has to pretend to go along with her, uh, I guess, pre-baby motivations. Exactly. She is risking everything. She's the one that has the most to lose right now. I think the saddest part for me was how resigned Maxie was when Monica walked in, right? Because at this point, she knows the deal. She knows the impression she's making. You know, the reality sunk in when Brooklyn said she's about to bring her parents into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so having that reality set in and how sad she was, you know, telling Monica I'm leaving, I found that scene kind of extremely heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. But what's so interesting, like, I love Maxie's dialogue. I love all the connections she had. She has with everybody. And what I loved like the most out of this entire week is Carly approaching her. That was interesting to me. Honestly, it took me back to when we were podcasting the reruns. 
Okay. Because during that time frame, you know, we were seeing a lot of old episodes with Maxie, and we talked about her role specifically with the Corinthos family, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, and we saw it all during the reruns, and I think watching the reruns um, made us look at it a little differently. Where very subtly we noticed, oh, yeah, like, Maxie is a significant figure. You know what? We were also talking about it because there was a time and point where they're where it looked like they were, it could have, they could have had like a Maxie Michael yes. connection at one point. Um, and so we were talking then about her connection and how her connection has always been peripheral, but yes. highly loyal. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so funny because I felt like that scene was significant and could not have highlighted that anymore. Um, just kind of re-solidifying her connection. Because with everything shifting, I do feel like it is a re-solidifying of everyone's place, in particular around, in air quotes, the life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for me, that's what I saw. Um, Just sort of re-solidifying Maxie's connection to the Corinthos family specifically. Again, very always like at a distance, but very much there. She has played a significant role in different storylines, um, you know, that we talked about during that whole rerun time. But I did find that uh, interesting. And you're absolutely right. Maxie, the legacy character. And as we saw with the recent passing of with Sean Donnelly, we see how deeply rooted Maxie is. So, yeah, I do find it significant, her interaction with Carly. I really do. I love Absolutely. And and that's exactly it. It reminded me of you and what you said. And then there was the conversation with Sasha where, you know, Max is like, okay, trust me, like Jason, like their code is so different basically is what she's explained to Sasha. Like he's not going to be forced like he was with yeah. Cyrus. Like it's a different world. He has a choice. She's like a translator, right? She's like she's like a Corinthos mob translator. And also highlighting to Sasha that if he ends up in the mob, it's because it's his choice and not yeah. because he's forced to. So that creates an interesting situation there. But what was most interesting to me was her conversation <laughs> with Nina. So at the end of the day, oh. thankfully, the actress playing Maxie Kirsten Storms is, is doing well and recovering. But again, in the story, it fits very well, uh, very yes. seamless, but, you know, writing in a departure for Maxie. Absolutely. In regards to, like, her surgery she was having in real life. So knowing all of this, and she goes to <laughs> Nina, you know, I'm like, oh, she's <laughs> going there, right? So I think the conversation starts, and then it continues, like, the following day. Yes. So, I, so at first, I'm like, okay, so knowing that she really is going to leave the show temporarily, she has this big secret. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see how this secret could come out, but I think I was thinking that this is the perfect opportunity for an exchange of secrets. Yes. <laughs> there was no exchange. No, there was. Yeah, it was a one-sided <laughs> secret sharing, but it was so funny that when the like scenes resumed with Nina and Maxie the following day, Maxie keeps trying to highlight like I'm not lying. I know what you think an unrealistic thought is, which is like the whole I'm stealing a baby, and she keeps yeah. reiterating, but I wouldn't be stealing. <laughs> I'd be taking her home. And I get it, really. She's trying to say the secret without saying the secret, but I just felt like this is not the time for reading between the lines. Right. <laughs> okay, it's it's really just not. And so eventually she did come out and say it. But it's just funny Nina's reaction from start to finish. Um just originally, right? Like I think I think like most people, I think I'm with Monica. I think mm-hmm. I'm with Monica 
on the reality that it's a red flag for Maxie <laughs> to be there, right? I think that's how I would feel, regardless of the fact that Brooklyn and Maxie aren't really friends, but the just the reality that she lost her child right now, and it's not a simple loss. And if anybody knows loss, it is Monica, in particular, the loss of a child. You know, Jason might still be there, but it's still a child she had to mourn for years. Yes, you know, and I'm and I'm not even talking about the fact that he was dead for five. I I mean the (laughs) fact that you know he was no longer Jason Quartermain. So so I agree. I think it's a huge reply. She just lost her baby, and she's spending a lot of time with someone else's newborn. That to me would would raise an eyebrow. And Nina starts off with, "Well, what's the problem?" (laughs) Oh my god, there's so much here. (laughs) Okay, so that's funny to me. Right? It was just like, okay, <laughs> I love when Nina was trying to break it down with Maxie. Like, yeah. I stole, or something when she talked about, like, stealing Avery. Yeah, making the distinction. Okay. <laughs> making the distinction between the two. So I felt like when Maxie kept repeating it over and over again without seeing it, it's like she was also giving a jab to Nina for the audience's sake. Like, no, 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 like, I know this is my baby. I'm not crazy like you. <laughs> yeah, you like, get she... it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, that is so funny. But it's true. It really is true. I find, like, Maxie may not mean it, but she has been saying things like that. Like, even when she sat down with Sam today, she's like, <laughs> I, I have to get a town sold because everyone keeps treating me, like, walking around on eggshells around me or treating me a certain way. And Sam's like, okay, what do you need from me? I'm not even going to bother finding out if I'm one of those people <laughs> making your life harder. I just want to know what you want. So I find, like, Maxie has been throwing in these sort of, like, implied statements, if you will. But yeah, yes. I love that clarification. You know, like, you think I want to steal a baby, but I'm not. It's mine. You actually stole <laughs> a baby. And you've come full circle because now that baby is a bit grown up and is actually living in your apartment. That used to be her apartment, but it's your apartment. Right? And then the coming full circle, like, in the <laughs> end, when Nina leaves, well, sorry, when Maxie leaves, Nina's all like, oh, man, with all the secrets I'm keeping, it's like, Okay, but dude, she's like just like trying to protect somebody. You're like being selfish. It's not the no, same. No, exactly. Thing. Ex- exactly. It's really not the same thing about this whole secret keeping. Um, but like at first when when Nina like finds out, like obviously at the end, she she realizes she is in no position to judge. Her mm-hmm. concern is Valentine. And yes. frankly, all of the co- the conversations that followed, you know, from Maxie to Brooklyn, all went very amicably and respectfully. <laughs> but it's just it's just so funny. It's like, what is Nina going to say? Like, mm-hmm. honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Always be honest about someone's identity. Like, she can't say any of these things. That's why I was like, where is she going to go from here? That whole, like, lying is bad. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's just so funny when she's like, I think she says something like, um, we all have secrets or, or like, or what's the secret? And I'm just like laughing in my head because I'm like, none of these secrets are as bad as yours. Exactly. Cause like, because I agree, there's going to be a lot of blowback. There's going to be a lot of pain. And I feel like Brooklyn put it really well. If you could choose somebody mm. who could survive the pain, who would it be? And it's Valentine. And so it's like, if he's going to hurt, you might as well make him not have to lie about it too. 
like as in you know the whole I like the way that they tried to justify this like why wouldn't yeah. you do something as simple and easy as as tell Valentine the truth because he would help you so I love them throwing in that whole Charlotte explanation but at the end of the day yeah I mean he's gonna his life is gonna be blown up no matter what so at least let him enjoy it <laughs> rather, exactly. rather than, than these next few months be like him lying to his daughter and lying to Anna you know I just feel like you know what I agree with you Brooklyn this is this is smoother um for me and Anna could help pick up the pieces she's so in denial yes. and when she sees him brokenhearted over a child which you know she is struggling with the deception of who she thought her child could be <laughs> they will bond and they will make out more Anna, I think I don't think it'll take much for those two to like <laughs> to like bond and make uh, make out more. But now I'm thinking twice about this whole Brooklyn thing, you know, the whole fact that like yeah they'll get close and then it'll inevitably like blow up. But when you listen to their conversations that they have about who Valentine is, they keep saying someone like Valentine would understand and forgive. Mm -hmm. So it does make me wonder, like I don't know. Who will blow what up then? Because there's clearly, obviously, Anna is this big love that he's always had. He told Brooklyn this, right? Yeah. And he clearly has this fun chemistry with Brooklyn. But frankly, they haven't really been placed together a lot. Looks mm -hmm. like Anna's really working for the summer. <laughs> like, right? It's confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. So honestly, I, I take it back. Like, I really don't know what's actually in store for anything Brooklyn Valentine related. Because at the end of the day, even this big lie is something that the two of them could easily recover from. It would just be a matter of time. So I'm actually not sure how this is going to play out. I think we all know that Anna has like a great um, track record for sabotaging anything good. Okay, that's that is very, very true. But there's also Ned. He's the same Ned. as Anna. Because in the sense that, look at how we've seen Brooklyn grow. Yeah, They're like, oh, because you're a mother, you've grown. It's like, no, 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 because she's like being a good human being to Matt. Yeah, that's true. This, that's right? true. That's true. So when she does explain, and she always has a reason for doing what she does, I don't think Ned's going to get it. Like, I think it's going to reinforce that, like, hard-headedness he has, and it's just going to cause more strife with him and Brooklyn and Olivia. So I think there's more drama to happen in the quarter main home, and maybe Valentine is the person that Brooklyn can lean on. Well, he's shown that this week that he's obviously mm -hmm. the voice of reason and can manage the quarter mains. <laughs> I know they talk about it from a business perspective, but it's clear that he can manage the quarter mains, period, personal and in business. And I mean, don't you love the full house of the quarter mains and the quarter main squabbles, right? Because it's been years, you know, for it's not that I hate the mob stuff. I love the mob stuff. But we also used to have like companies, right? Like deception. Mm -hmm. We used to have like that corporate stuff too. So I kind of like having um that alive and well now and I love how lively the quarter main house is and the different characters that are there oh my god okay so let's get to that scene then when it's like the big drama and Roger Howarth walks in and nobody knows what's going on <laughs> that made me laugh so much because it was like an absolutely funny cliffhanger right right because, like, I thought it was funny because it felt like crickets once he explained who he was. Like, even <laughs> even the characters like Monica or Ned, I kind of expected some recognition. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I'm like, hey, this is so funny to me because this is how it's ending. The next day, yeah, there was still some blankness before everyone was able to put it together, right? It's It was not this, like, instant 
recognition. And the funniest was um, Olivia. Oh, oh my gosh. Gold star for her. Yes. I love how they're really like capitalizing on just sometimes being funny and real, right? Because in, in Quartermain world, she's like the realist. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like she's like an outsider coming in and fascinated and being like, you guys are so weird and bizarre. Let me show you how to be human. You know, and she's also <laughs> like, I read show you how to love. Yeah, and she's also like the one who read the memoirs. That was hilarious. And the fact that she was like talking it up to Austin, like you should read it. Like, it, like wait till you see what other, what other things are in there. I just thought that whole moment um, was funny. But I mean, I, I'm sure like you, like I can't help but notice he uh, he's like focused on Michael. Okay, so I made so many notes of the week, and it says ask Mesh. Ask me. I'm like, okay, okay. what is this fascination? Because <laughs> I did some research and I'm like, I can't, I mean, I did research on the stocks. So as soon as they start talking about stocks, I'm like, no, he's not allowed to have them. How is he going to fight this? Like I did all the research on that. You're so like, funny. I don't know that history, but I also know that Edward can be pretty awful. So I'm yes. like, that sucks. If everyone just followed the lead for no good reason, but I'm sure that there's more to it. And Jimmy Holt didn't make things easy. It is a soap opera. And okay, so I did think about the whole Michael thing, because again, knowing the history could could kind of give clues to any dynamics to be expected, in particular with him and Michael. But then, okay, so then we had a comment by Pisces Janice um, 003, and it says, why is he focused on Michael? Michael doesn't lose his inheritance just because this guy exists, right? Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking about it. Again, this is just my guess, um, is that when he talks about his father, right? Like his father was basically kicked out of the family because of this, the fact that he's like an outsider, illegitimate. That's how he sort of phrased it. And mm -hmm. he wants was his. Um, and I just felt like if you look at all the quarter bands, there was scandals surrounding Michael. And again, remember, like Michael is a, a like is Edward's great great grandchild, whereas mm -hmm. Austin is a great as a grandchild. He's like a Ned. Okay. Right? They're on that level. Um, so then I was thinking about that and I'm like, maybe he's fixated on that fact, right? Being an outsider. Like he even referenced it to Jason today. And I mm -hmm. think that there was so much scandal around Michael, you know, like they thought he was Jason's. I know he was a quarterman the whole time, but like it wasn't an easy thing. And I guess maybe for him, he's so desperate to understand the dynamics and the family to be a part of it. And Michael is beloved, right? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of a grandchild or a great-great-grandchild, they fought over Michael to have him in the family. And not a single person fought to have Jimmy or Austin in the Quartamine family. So I kind of wondered if it had to, to do with that. Because that's the, the chip on his shoulder that he comes with. This idea of being excluded from the Quartamine and who really has that right kind of a thing and to assume a certain place. That, that's what I was thinking, right? Like the idea that Michael wasn't born into it. He didn't grow up with the Quartamines. You know, he's not a Brooklyn. No, fair. This is really, really interesting because I'm kind of using my videographic memory to go back to the scene where Michael's like, you know, maybe we just like in, in invite him into the family, like basically charm him in. And Michael is the one to do that because if he does have a chip on his shoulder, same thing. And I hate making these comparisons, but mm -hmm. the whole Laura Cyrus situation, Cyrus really threw around the word family and he really had a chip on his shoulder when it came to Laura specifically because she yeah. isn't perfect and she was accepted and she is regarded on such a high level by the entire community. 
So here we have Austin, who has this sense of like, if I have ELQ chairs, then I'm officially part of your family. Where Monica's like, I'm exactly, I matter. And it's like, no, that's not the way things work. So with Michael being at the helm of this, like make him family project, this might actually be really funny and work out to their benefit. It might, because part of me, oh gosh, maybe I'm being super naive with this whole thing because Monica did say like, are you here to do what your father did? Right? Like in trouble, I'm guessing. But part of me is like, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to be loved. Like, I I don't know if that's totally naive, but I think that maybe he just wants to be in their family. I don't know. So there's the normal part (laughs) of us. I would say that I agree with you and I, and I want to see the love. But the soap opera side of me, so reading about his father's history, so he was a little bit of a good guy, a little bit of a bad guy. You know, he, was, he wanted a woman, he kidnapped her on her wedding date. Like, there was a lot of old school soap drama that I kind of hope Austin brings to the table. Um, uh, yeah, because that's the thing, though. As much as I say that, he, there's a wickedness to him, right? Right. Like when Monica says those things, kind of like, when Monica's with him, it's almost like two opponents, like meeting you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. doing that dance right of like whose side of you're on and they're testing it and so far it's like we're holding our breath good guy bad guy you know and in the maxi situation we're like okay he's holding up as the good guy but with the quarter mains you can't be poking around to that degree like he is not being shy about his research like his 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 exchange with Carly could not have been any funnier right oh my god I loved it so much because they already have chemistry from all the other characters go. So it's so great. I didn't know what that meant, right? Because like, I really didn't know what that meant. And so, because exactly that, right? Exactly that uh, is what I think about when I saw him with her. I thought about <laughs> when he was, oh crap, what was the character? I don't, anyways, I'm not going to mess that up and screw up that guess. But I liked when he started talking about, like, is everyone in this town related? And then the next oh scene God. cut to Dante and Sam. <laughs> yes, yes everyone's related. But as long as you're not kissing your sibling like Lulu did to Ethan, you're fine. Uh, yeah. You're fine. You're okay. You're okay. But I love that, like, Carly grew suspicious. Oh, you know what's interesting, actually? is mm-hmm. you know carly was like being pleasant but also like you know being weary of the fact that he is poking around for a lot of information mm-hmm. um and when he walked away she kind of gives like this funny look like what are you doing and then at the end of today's episode jason is all like threatening like i am part of this family so i don't know like i don't know how much story they need i feel like carly and jason have their hands full i really don't don't know how much of this will spill over to them seeing as how they both received and got these like formal introduction type scenes to austin i i like and that i think Okay, two things. One, I thought about you because he directly said that he's replacing Dr. Lucas, so we're not going to see him anymore. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Something about waiting for him to settle into his new position. I'm like, can somebody explain to me, like, what is the deal? Like, like how much do you want to throw in our faces that you don't care about this character? Right. Like, at all. You know what I mean? Like, you could have just hired Austin, but I guess for me, I was like, okay, okay. So as story goes, you know, sometimes we're left with things maybe unanswered, right? But I'm yes. like, man, are they detail-oriented when it comes to the, like, 
human resources aspect of <laughs> the actual hospital staff. Like they feel the need to really explain who is filling what positions. Like, I don't know, as a fan, I don't know how many specific doctors you need, but like to go into that detail that I'm taking on this job, that this was his role and that he has a new one. It's like, what? I, I know. It's it's all very, very bizarre. I guess and, they're and just I, saying it's over. Like we know yeah. Lucas exists. But he's gone bye bye for now. And we just Should wanted we do to like, throw that um, in. An RIP post for <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. Like I'm still super bitter about that. Like I go I with the flow with all these changes. Like even Spencer's character was a hard pill to swallow, but you can't mm-hmm. deny the fact that this kid's a good actor, right? Like he's straight up yes. a good actor. He keeps the story flowing. You're not it's not jarring. So like, yeah, I miss having the other Spencer. But when it comes to Lucas, I'm, like, straight up bitter. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I just can't deal with it. Like, I can't deal with it. Right? Like, I dealt with the new Nina. I'm, like, bring it on. Give me a new Jason. I'll take it. Like, I'm super, like, I will roll with the punches. But not here. At all. You're so funny. Okay. So, to leave that hot topic, just to get back to the I feel like we need a separate podcast or a call yeah. for an event about this. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so circling back to like Carly and Jason and Austin. So I saw it in like two different ways. Okay. Trying to throw us off in terms of the mob because we know like there's the Novak family. We know that they're like yeah. a little bit vulnerable right now. So because we're trying to place Austin, I feel like the writers may be throwing us like, okay, this might be right and this might be wrong. <gasps> we want you to be suspicious of him. Oh and- no. Okay. So yeah. so that's the extreme side of my brain and then the like logical part of my brain is like well carly's marrying jason jason's in the quarter mean does that mean carly's gonna be involved maybe with the elq business and be at the quarter main home a little bit more like is it a family thing or is it like a air quotes family thing you know okay okay look a while back somebody did comment or like what if like he's like a novak slash Holt Quartermain kind of a thing, <laughs> right? So that was always in the air. But then they showed us what a real Novak was, right? <laughs> that, that guy, that guy running around being a, like a doofus. I feel like there's oh there's God. always that guy, always mm-hmm. that guy. But here he is. And so when you're telling me this, you know, like, is there something else that we're missing? I mean, look, what once. I realized that Monica was going to be Carly's mother-in-law. You know, it did make me realize that, you know, Carly will get to join her son at certain holidays <laughs> because now we're in the same family. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> so that did occur to me that she might be more present with certain things, whatever. Okay. Um, but it's the fact that Carly made the point of telling Austin that Michael is a quarter main and a Corinthos. Yes. So he's corporate slash corporate wink wink and so <laughs> show it being like that 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 exists this hybrid is a real thing and so with you bringing this up uh yeah it kind of makes me wonder if austin is himself a hybrid <laughs> i don't know he says he's he says he's from a small town and he runs a small practice like okay were you criming at all <laughs> maybe we will find out during that so look that's that's definitely um a possibility but yeah austin is making himself known and he's definitely making this part of himself like he's not hiding this aspect of himself that he's like nosy 
Exactly. And he's and he's straight up studying the family. Is all he wants <laughs> a family? Is that it? Is that how you say words? Um, if that's all he wants, I mean, I guess like he they're showing us that he's quite quirky. You know, like I'm from a mm-hmm. small town, so like I'm nosy as a result. And I ask him your questions, <laughs> and I'm like, is this how he connects with other humans through research? Um, I don't know. So, but of course, it could strike people as weird. Like, okay, we could build a relationship. You don't have to be weird, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Roger Howard because I feel like characters like this are so perfect for him. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I'm so happy that like that Scott is his lawyer that still as actors, they get to still remain close. Like, it's really cool. That's true. That is so true. <laughs> because, because Brooklyn makes a point of being like, why Scott is his lawyer? Why like, she even makes... Oh my god, that is so funny. I just felt like, oh my god, I totally missed that. That could not have been more obvious. Um, and I completely missed that. My my view was that, okay, well, it's Scott, and he like has he's been there for so long, right? So he has ties mm-hmm. to this type of history. So it's nice to pull him back into this, right? Yes. Uh, but that's also a super obvious reason. But what I did notice that was painstakingly obvious as well is that mm-hmm. while Austin is being put back into the frame with certain individuals, right? Like he's put back into this like opposing side with Jason. He is there with um, Scott sort of taming him sometimes, keeping him in line. But he is nowhere near Elizabeth. No, exactly. That is just a big no-no. It kind of makes you wonder though, like behind the scenes. Like, like, just be oh. like, like, um, I just like, yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like, don't come near me. Come back to the show, but stay away. Like, I don't know what that was. That's about, but they're nowhere near each other. Um, apparently, because they've made the point of talking about the the hospital stuff, right? Finn wants you off his rotation. Finn wants only you on his rotation all the time. So it's like they made it clear that she's working with no one else, apparently. Um, but I do want to say something about the Quartermains real fast, is mm-hmm. that I love Ned and Valentine. <laughs> oh my god. And Valentine's face throughout that entire meeting, like, I love him. I do. And it's just like, first off, like Ned needs a lot of guidance in life about being a person. Um, Yeah, that's accurate. So I love that Valentin is there for that reason. And he never, he he can never leave. (gasps) Like like he can never leave. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's totally like a Tracy Monica vibe, which I really, really love. You know, carrying carrying that on. Mm -hmm. So um, so I absolutely um, love that. Totally. Oh my god. Because like Valentine has no like male friends. They need to be like unlikely friends. I don't want them to be unlikely friends. I don't know <laughs> if Ned can have friends. I mean, I think if if he's like down and out, isn't that what the whole quarter main vibe is about? That like when things hit the fan, you're gonna be there for each other. But outside yes. of that, I would no. 100% yeah, they're not for beers. They're not going to the pool like Dante and Chase. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? It's like Valentine is being as courteous as possible. It's Ned who's like constantly picking. But Ted, he's doing it with Ted. he's being a total Ted. But he's doing it with the right person, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so to the newly engaged couple that are <laughs> Finding their way through so seamlessly. Um, (laughs) So look, I mean, last week they gave us a hint that like Jason is super clueless about 
women. How, how, yeah, like as a whole. And how Brit is taking this, you know, and they showed us last week when Carly was like, I bet she told you to go to hell or didn't want to have anything to do with you, that kind of a thing. And look, I think, look, Carly even made a point last week of throwing this out. It's a girl thing. Yes. And that statement is loaded. If you're a girl, a woman, you know this. <laughs> like, it's a whole other language. And I think it can reference a lot of things. And I also think it points to the fact, again, like you said, there's a lot that Jason does not seem to really understand. And I think with Brit specifically, more than the fact that she's just another girl, I think she's a lot like Carly. Yes. And I think Carly really understands her. And, you know, we talked last week about her motivation and why saying what she said. And this week we got to hear a little bit more of that. And so she says something which is really interesting because later on what she says to Jason is a connection to Sunny later on in the week because he ends okay. up speaking to the same thing. And so he gets all mad at her. Yes. And it pisses me off because, like, I said this already. She has the strongest personality and she has quite a history. But it's fair to say that she's not necessarily the same person and she's grown. And I think for me, I'm a little bit, like, weary of the fact that, like, people will definitely come for her and not Jason. Right? Yes. Like, like, people keep... um rather than like crediting Jason for the choices he makes, like they're just placing all the blame on Carly. Like we talked about that, that it's going to be a bit of like, um, unfair. <laughs> like what, what, no, what is yes, the word? Like the a word. double standard anyways, double standard. To, a, to a certain degree, I think in the way that this whole thing will um, go down again, even in those scenes, it's like, it comes off like Jason's like, I'm hurting so much. And it's just like, okay. So is she. And it takes me back to the Carly Elizabeth scene when they sit together and talk about the fact that the only place they let out their feelings is at the gravesite of their dead husbands. Yes. And and beyond that, being, you know, alone without their spouses and figuring out their footing and having kids to support and having, you know, work and for Carly keeping two businesses afloat, there's that reality that they don't have the luxury of just being super sad. Not in oh front God. of anyone anyway. And that's right? what I do. So when, when you think about what Carly said, you know, like, oh, it's a girl thing. Or the fact that, you know, between her and Elizabeth, it's a mom thing. It's a widow thing. It's just something that I feel I, I see. And so when I saw that scene where he was all mad at her and she was holding in a lot of emotion, I honestly felt like Jason totally missed the boat. Not only on what Brit is going through, but also on what Carly's going through. Like... Yes, you're sad about Brit and what could have been, but she literally made a reference of her dead husband being like, when I, like, hope is a cruel thing. For a long time, I hope that Sonny was alive when he wasn't. Like, you get that her story is, uh, it's not an easy one, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Jason annoyed me very much this week with his big watery eyes, because even when he saw Sonny, he's like, oh, shit, Sam, I gotta tell right? her. Now I'm sad again. It's like, dude! <laughs> get it together, get it together. <laughs> I, I can't understand for the life of me uh like okay so there's I just want to rewind a tiny little bit so when that scene is happening with Carly and Jason in the hospital did you notice that the music being played was like it wasn't just dramatic but it was almost like a little ominous like the music was so different than what they normally play for a scene like that that it just like it really threw me off to think about okay how long is this going to happen? How long are they going to be married? You know, is Carly going to get so annoyed with Jason? What is she going to do? Because, like, he's such a big baby. Like, I don't... The music was very, very dramatic. <laughs> I don't know. I did I did not pick up on that. Um, but I just felt like it had to have been hard for Jason to... Well, I, I, I don't think he realized Carly was right. 
like I don't think in his mind he at this point in time acknowledged um the validity of what she was talking about about hope because he thought he was being clear he's like she gets that we can't be together and i'm like uh. tell like do you know like to be in charge to insane every time he tells carly or just says out loud the explanation of why they're getting married because we decided it was the right thing to do it makes zero sense to do to a lot of people who don't understand the mob aspect it doesn't you know like for michael it's like yeah yeah it makes sense but like for any, for me, like on the personal level, it's just that enough, especially somebody that you bonded with, you know, like from Brit's perspective, they connected on so many different levels. They had an intimate, you know, bond, encounter. exchange, experience, <laughs> all of it, right? A singular intense encounter. And it's just funny. It was just kind of like the Jason magic wasn't wearing anymore. You know what I mean? It's like at this point, it's like you got to get real. Like that kind of like, oh, I'm dangerous, but I can't commit. It's cute when you're young, oh. but it's not. But like that whole act is not cute anymore. And like Brit's not really standing for it. And you were definitely right about her in that sense. that It's not, she's not going to fight for it. She's going to walk away. She's going to be mad, but like she will walk away. She's not going to linger. But no, your explanation to her wasn't enough. It leaves her truly wondering and questioning things. Things. It doesn't make it an easy, um, an easy separation. It's it's not like a smooth breaking of the ties. And so there was that. And then the scene with Jax, it's like it's Ugh. it's so hard to watch Jax be that right. It sucks. But he was. He was so right. Like he was such a burn. So I wrote in my notes, Jason was wrong because I didn't want to write the Jax. That Jax was right. <laughs> That's so funny. That is yeah, so, so funny. like I said, like Jason just annoyed me all week long. So between the big eyes with like Sam and Carly and not understanding the purpose of what Carly was doing, not understanding Carly's loss and how it's so vastly different than his the but do you know wanting to mm-hmm. Do you know what, what I feel echo? like it echoes? I feel like it echoes the role she kind of had when she first met him, right? Because he was newly uh-huh. Jason at the time. And <laughs> she was the one who kind of showed him how to like be a person well like you know he needs some help (laughs) like he still does but I think it kind of I feel like again I get like I feel very subtly it echoes the role she plays for him that while he might act annoyed about the way she's involved in his life he lets her because I think to a certain degree he knows she knows better he may not always like it kind of like a kid like I hate to make that comparison to Michael but it's sort of that dynamic right like she does she 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 is right (laughs) like about certain things you know she's right about let's say sometimes love and pushing him towards Sam and following his heart and getting a sense of what he really wants and just trying especially with human connection she's she tends to be there for that obviously minus the scaring away of all of his girlfriends but to me I feel like him not doing more is him being basically saying it's okay (laughs) to do that oh my god okay just because you said like the way she talks to him is kind of like a kid it made me think of like when she met him he was like a new human because he was yeah this different Jason okay so when Nina talks to Mike I literally wrote she talks to him like he's a new human she's like hi Mike how are you I'm like what is happening right now like you talk to Max you talk to Brooklyn you talk like a normal person and then you talk to Mike and you sound all weird like he just like cracked a shell out of an egg like I don't get She's, it because yes what I do think is because he's a new human like I think that maybe she mistakes the fact that yeah he has he's lost memories but like he like but he's still a grown man and I man. think that I think that's confusing for her but at the same time too I think she's always tiptoeing this bizarre dream world she's created right. where she's like 
are you remembering? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because I once speak today, maybe you won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing about what Carly said to Jason, that hope is cruel. Yes. Okay. Notice, like Mike says that later on in the week. But he talks about oh, hope. He mentions yeah. hope being like this good thing. So it was really funny. It was like a the mention of hope was a Sarly, Sarly, Sunny Carly connection. However, mm-hmm. they both see hope dramatically differently. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is like the forever optimist right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so to the Tano for like a bit. Oh my it, god. It very briefly, it became depressing. Like, sad. It became Why like a hallmark. Well, I, I, I felt like it was a bit of like a Hallmark slash Lifetime movie. Like yes. suddenly, <laughs> su- suddenly everyone's like the old ticker isn't oh working. Oh I was like, I what happened? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, I felt You're like the time, time period. Yeah, I felt like the time period changed, and they're like, yes. it's still ticking, and I'm like, this is so. What is happening? But yeah, so not only did they give Lenny some heart problems, they oh gave the man gosh. cancer. They really want to kill him off. Like, what's the deal? Is the contract up like hard? <laughs> and they, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. So I think we all knew that this, okay, first it was bizarre. We're like, oh, they're going in like New York Methodist. And like, mm-hmm. then you start questioning yourself. Did someone else just also mention the same thing? <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so you know that they're all going to end up in the same place. And at first I was like, well, I think we all know they're not going to see each other. It was, it was like a, a miss, right? Well, yeah, I titled what do you, it the what do you call that? Close Calls. Yes, Close Calls. I'm like, it's a miss. You know, when you miss something <laughs> by a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you got it. So, yeah, I think we all knew that that's what it was going to be. Um, so this is what I think. It was a thing of Close Calls, meaning the world of Mike and Sunny are about to collide. And I think that's what that whole thing was. And mm-hmm. I think that even more... Um, based on a specific comment okay this feels like a you observation um Ooh. so <laughs> but it's not you somebody else said it so kel g117 says <laughs> so, so, so if you take a look at the scenes before they go to new york okay mm-hmm. mike's hair is gray is mm-hmm. as back to being dark no more gray getting ready to be sunny again perhaps so i post a picture Ooh. the day before the day everyone says they're going to like to the to New York and then when they're in New York at the hospital Mike's hair is no longer gray and I think and? Lenny, yes uh-huh. okay go go Jeez, yes scared me yeah. no because I'm on board with this theory like I love it <laughs> because then he gets he sees the hat and then he gets his yeah. nose on the hair the, it's fantastic that is fantastic yeah so I think I think that even more I think it's really just a sign that the the worlds are going to collide sooner than later and I can't imagine him coming back with full memories but some yeah. okay yes <laughs> okay and so the hat was one but I'm like what if he goes to the bar right because that's also a mic memory it's not as it's it's a different memory of being shot up in a bar but he did do it with Mike. So I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's, a, it's just like all very sweet and kind. But you're like, and then he got shot up. <laughs> well, it's like he picks up the hat and thinks about like, you know, this like, I forgave you this like deep memory with his father. But the thing is, he is in New York and they're going to a bar. And a bar is where he got shut up, shot up in New York. So that could also be something a little bit. 
if that happens. <laughs> Memory wise. <laughs> so. Okay. I'm so <laughs> No, because I'm on board because Anna, they're going to go back to the bar. You know, he'll probably, he will just see the back of her. Maybe some sort of other memory will come back. He seemed like he like recognized her voice a little bit. So there's just like, there's a lot on the horizon. And we know that a wedding in Fort Charles just can't go smoothly. So we know that there's somewhat of a timeline. Like we said before, even if he doesn't have all of his memories, there's going to be some weird wedding type situation for sure. It's going to be interesting, but I kind (laughs) of want the complication of Carly and Jason being married. But at the end of the day, even if he shows up after, like they're just never married, right? Because she's legally exactly married okay so now that we went over the legalities of the whole thing um there was so many like little soapy moments that i i can't say i hate because i was prepared for nobody seeing mike um but like the door like how we saw the handle turn for about 30 minutes it was great (laughs) i loved it i loved it it's like a stress thing for him, maybe turning doors. <laughs> and I love Anna, how she like blatantly ignores her instinct. She's like, that door. I know. I feel like they're oh HR, stuck. yeah. I'll head I'll head up with you. I'll just let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so oh. Anna. Okay. What did you think of the Valentine Phyllis encounter? Um okay. So one, it took me a while to remember. Like, because it's odd, right? Mike is in New York and Anna and Valentine. And then I remembered Anna, uh, sorry, um, Nina being the connecting factor. Yes. And when he sees Phyllis, part of me was like, he should know the name. Like, he should absolutely know the name of this person. And, you know, he he then says that he does. But then I realized, oh, Valentine, the solver of things, right? Like, nothing gets past <laughs> him. So then his reaction, Mike, who's Mike? And I'm like, just give him one second. And he'll just be like, Mike, wait a second. Sonny had a father named Mike. And then Sonny went missing. And then the Pennsylvania River flies by this area. And then he got out of the river and then ended up in Nixon Falls. And Phyllis, she's a nurse, and she knows Nina, and Nina's hiding. <laughs> like I just figured, it's a matter of time for Valentine puts two and two together. Unlike Curtis, which is hilarious, because he tells um, Jordan, "I put two and two together," and she goes, "And you got three? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. so good. I love how she finds a way oh. to be like understanding and insult him at the same time. It's the right? best. It's the best." Oh, God. So that's what I thought of Valentine and Phyllis. Oh, by the way, okay. So I was catching up on a bunch of shows recently, and it makes me sad every time I finish one, and then I have to start another one. But anyways, I was I catching up on Good Girls, and Phyllis was in an episode. That's so that's funny, because I've, I've been rewatching, <laughs> I've been rewatching The Mindy Project, and Brooklyn is one of the receptionists at the office, and it's so oh! That is weird. I love seeing them other places, but I recognize her. I recognize her voice right away. And I look up like, oh my gosh, it's Phyllis. So it's very cool. Because it's the, totally it's the cool. newest season on top of it. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so does that mean that she's going to be weaving to film other things? <laughs> um, I think it means she has other jobs. And I think they'll be there, they'll be there for another while because... What's sad about this whole, like, Lenny getting every disease under the sun is that, that, look, it's going to lead definitely to other specialists. It's going to be awkward because the thing is, if I love how it was not much of a cliffhanger Friday when the phone call is just like, you got to come home. It's like, okay, this is just the end of the phone call. So, but the thing is, if she comes back and they find specialists, like, in Port Charles, for instance. Right. 
Like, how much of a jerk is she going to be to be like, no, we should try your county hospital. We should just go there. It's your time, you know. It's just your time. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like, the fact that Lenny's like, I don't want to spend money. Because I think the sad part for anybody watching is that, look, if this was sunny, he'd get the best of the best. That's what they do, right? They get the best of the best. And cost is no option. So, look, I think all of this eventually is is the thing that's going to lead them to poor Charles and all these fancy doctors that they're hiring. Yes, I think so, too. And I I knew the Methodist Hospital was going to be like an in-between to like slowly get the story where it needs to go. But I also definitely think that there's going to be like the only specialist, you know, in poor Charles. Exactly. Exactly. And so... This takes me to kind of a little bit before the trip. So when Anna and Valentine straight up make plans for this trip together in front of Finn. (laughs) The best awkward scene ever because Finn is just gold. Oh my gosh, he is. They're like, look, they're they're Finn, Valentine. They have this incredible like comedic timing, right? I just find them so funny. But like the funny for me starts with like, Finn and Anna when he's like how's the investigation going mm-hmm. and and then his like she's like slowly and his answer is okay good luck Bye. and that's it he's like ready to leave <laughs> like ready to leave and then you know look Finn was lucky to get that interruption because I'm like what are you gonna tell Anna like what what right. are you gonna tell her and then he's so lucky for Anna's utter lack of interest in his feelings <laughs> that she's, she's like I see there's something wrong but, but I, I need to do some work stuff right now, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like, can we talk about this later? And then, like, Valentine comes. What's really funny is that they t- they tweeted that scene at the end when Valentine and um, Anna walk away. I just love the awkwardness because there's a point where they're talking. And, of course, it's hard for Finn. Like, he loves her. They are going to be friends. But Valentine is 100% a sore spot for Finn. And yeah. so Finn is standing behind her. Valentine says some stuff. And you see, like, Anna's, like, practically cringing, trying to, like, yes. disappear. I, I thought that was <laughs> so funny. And then when they were walking away, like, I hadn't noticed this. And then um, James Patrick Stewart, the actor playing Valentine, gives a little behind-the-scenes info on Twitter. And it was so funny. He's like, apparently, um, uh, Finola calls him an asshole because at the end of the scene he takes an extra second to like eye down Finn (laughs) and then leaves (laughs) to stare him down and so I thought that was a a little funny cute story that they mentioned on Twitter love it love it so much so let's get to like Sean and Alexis for a second so each of them had some family time in air quotes if you will (laughs) like notice that they showed TJ with his parents so with Sean and Jordan and yes. then on the flip side, you have Alexis with Dante and Sam. I freaking loved it. And Dante, like one of my favorite lines is like, he goes to Alexis, hide all the syringes. And then she's like, they did a sweep <laughs> of the room before or something like that. Or just that line about like, okay, we can joke about it now. You almost killed me, but I love your daughter. <laughs> it was, it was like, Dante has the funniest dark humor, sarcasm, dryness that is just hilarious to watch. And okay, so you have all of that. Then you have Sam being kind of super rude to the doctor. whatever they get Portia but what's funny is they talk about crossing paths and I guess that both Dante and Sam have obviously bumped into Austin have been to Austin's place but I truly find like when I look at those scenes that the crossing of paths is between Dante and Austin because they have a bond (laughs) there's something magic about their interactions 
So I feel like those two tend to jump out on the screen to me. They do. And just talking about all the stuff we spoke about earlier with, you know, Austin potentially having like a mob history, the whole idea of him connecting with Dante, but then Dante has to be on the other side of things is interesting as well. Yeah, that would totally fit. Yeah, I feel I feel like Austin is still very much a mystery, like still super uncertain about what his deal is. But yeah, so I like I just I just like the hint, right, of Mm -hmm. family moments, because I think it's inevitable, right, of this being family. (laughs) Yes, Sam and Dante. I could not have loved more their awkward after. Oh, my God. It was my favorite when she really thought she could get away with like not discussing it. It it was so funny, and I totally feel her on that. <laughs> like we don't, we do not have to deal with that. Soup's awkward. So like, I give her props for trying to run away from that whole situation. She's like, I'll just bring you coffee, or like, you know what I mean? She was really playing it normal. Like, you can come with. We can do it together and talk about anything else. <laughs> And I, I do love that she actually admitted, she said, like, I almost uh, I almost made a clean break or a clean getaway or something yeah. like that. Like, that they were able to find some humor, which obviously shows, I mean, we know it's going to grow, but that they can just make light of the situation and just keep growing on that is really cute. But that was something else I felt um, this week is just that I know a lot of things have changed, you know, relationship-wise, right? Like, things mm-hmm. were abrupt. The putting together of Jason and Carly, like, at the end of the day, the question about it becoming romantic we're gonna we're gonna wait and see right like I have no idea because again it takes certain amount of things for them to be romantic and Sonny is the big part right he's the big thing like his absence creates the space for something like that to possibly occur Mm -hmm. and if he were to be present he would somehow have to be so far away from them so far removed right Jason and Carly. So for right now, for me, like these are two friends getting married. We know why. We know that watching soap operas, it could turn into something real. Yeah. Um, but again, with Sunny potentially returning, like we just don't know. I know. But what I was talking about was the pacing, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. you know, the pacing to me, like I, I notice is pretty decent, right? Like the pacing of this development because that's the point right the way that the story is written is that something is supposed to start with Brit that is supposed to be intense and magical and then sort of gets dropped right like that's the whole idea building something so intense that it makes you think of the future I found the pacing of that pretty good the pacing of this like if we give it some time like because it's so funny watching them stumble awkwardly right like when Jason leans in for a kiss Carly's like what are you doing weirdo like it was so (laughs) like watching her face was so funny because a lot of people comment that like Carly wants this she's super comfortable with this and that's not what I see when I watch right like I like especially after her conversation with Elizabeth like I see I still see somebody was mourning like she was forced to enter into all of these ceremonies due to the mob. And again, she's not shy about saying that she's committed to this life. And a lot of that conversation has been going on this week about what the life means. And it's kind of something that has a life of its own, if you will, because it's pulling in someone like Spinelli, you know, like if you're in it, you're in it and you can't just kind of get out of it. And so Carly, like Carly was forced to go through certain ceremonies before she was ready. So yes. She had to have a funeral for Sunny before she was ready to. She had to take her wedding ring off before she was ready to. This mm-hmm. is why I think that when she sees Sunny, it's going to be really explosive because since he died, she's not processing anything, right? 
Like yeah. she's she's just going through the motions and doing what she has to do. That's what's keeping her going, right? Like her and Elizabeth talked about. It's her kids that are keeping her going. It's it's focusing on the mob that keeps her going. It's focusing on work that keeps her going. Because when it comes to Sunny, she's mm-hmm. not being allowed to go through that. So true. So I think that's going to be really exceptional to kind of see. But yeah, even the pacing of of Dante and Sam, I really enjoy it. Like, I think it's pretty decent pacing. Like, they throw in the hint of something with that official kiss. So there's that. That's always there. It's a possibility to go back to. But then we're going to see them develop, right? Because they talked about the kiss. They have agreed to just sort of, like, move forward as they already have. And they're just so interesting for each other, right? You know, like, they have this, like, raw honesty. <laughs> yeah. With one another. So I think it can it could be a breath of fresh air for the both of them and a different kind of relationship for the both of them. And we know that, you know, like the fact that Sam didn't say his name but opened up about it to Maxie, that's a big yes. deal. And we find out like that's the first guy she's kissed since Jason. Like all of those are really big hints. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jason's been pretty busy. <laughs> like, he's oh my god. Been... Okay. Yeah. So Jason's been busy, <laughs> but what killed me so much is Brit basically just saying to Jax, thanks for the sex. Let's be friends. We yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Her, like, it was, look, it's always, I always enjoy watching um, Obrecht, Brit scenes. Like, those yes. are emotional to watch her break down. It is interesting, though, to see if, like, her and Jax, because I felt like the understanding was we're friends, but if we're lonely, we can definitely do some more of that. I didn't get that vibe from Brit, maybe from Jax. <laughs> I don't know why, because I just felt like she wanted to make it clear that it's not a relationship. That's yes. what I understood, that it's not a relationship. But I felt like everything else is kind of on the table, because he's like, I can't get into a relationship, but I certainly can have sex with you. <laughs> that's, anyway, but like, yeah, it was, it's like, we might see some of them together for her to pass the time, like I said. And obviously it helps to piss off Jason and Carly. And, you know, Jax is weird about that. He had told her that a while ago. Like, I don't mind that you fight with Carly. It's, like, so weird. He's so weird. Right. It's oh, like, I love her. She's the mother of my child. But, like, when people can piss her off, it's amazing to me. Like, he's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but just her conversation, obviously, with her mom and Jason walking in and realizing, oh, man, everyone was right. Ugh, that annoyed Brit's, me. Like, Brit's not a robot. <laughs> she just feelings, and I hurt them. Like he walks around saying she's hurt, but I don't think he understood it until he saw it. Hey, I totally agree. He needed to really, really understand what she's going through, and I think it was very important in him with those lingering big puppy eyes again. I was like, all right, let's wrap up the week with you. And then, yeah, and then he, that's probably why he totally forgot that Sam existed. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, okay, what was interesting to me about that, okay, is that he, you know, he has this talk with, with Sam and I just wanted to see, like, you know, because Sam was part of the life for so long and whenever anyone reacts, I'm kind of looking to see, like, so you guys think they're getting married, married. Like, I just want to understand. The <laughs> I want to get into the pulse of, like, the poor Charles yeah. world. Because, like, Maxie's like, you've been friends for, everyone says that, you've been friends for a long time. No one's mentioning in love. Right? Everyone's like, it makes sense. But I'm it's like. It's logical. I'm like, wow, so romantic. But people are also saying, I hope you guys make each other very happy. So obviously some people think this is real. Anyway, so I was focused on to, on on Sam, just trying to see like how she's understanding all of this. And she asked pointed questions. Mm-hmm. And I think she had every right to say like, well, I don't know anything about the engagement. Like you do share a son. Like he's like, did you tell, did you tell him for me? So I don't have to like do that stuff. And she's like, no, I left it up to you because what do I tell him when I don't actually know? 
like at the end of the day, they may not be romantically involved, but they do mm-hmm. share a kid together. They are family at the end of the day. And these are details that you kind of need to share to a certain degree, like when you're getting married. Um, so it was interesting to see that she seemed to understand. Yes. And, but what was also even more interesting to me is that, look, it sucks, but I felt like Carly was careful with her when she's like, hey, do you need anything? Do you need me to seat you? Like, I felt like yeah. Carly held more of the weight than Jason did. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? And so when I, because the, the, the thing is, like, she, like, I felt like Sam had to ask for a minute alone with both of them. And frankly, it should have been Carly and Jason individually doing that, right? Asking Sam for a moment yeah. of her time. Um, but what I did notice is that the moment that Sam had with Carly appeared a lot more meaningful because at the end of the day, they both have different relationships with Sam. Jason was gone for a while and those two women found an understanding and found a friendship and have supported each other and have mutual respect for each other. And so it was kind of nice to see that when she walked up to Carly, that that relationship still remained. She basically said, I understand that you have to, like, you have to do this wink, wink. And if Mm. you need anything from me, I'm still there. So I kind of love to me, that was like a hint that the Sam and Carly relationship is still very much there. And so I did like that. Oh, absolutely. That's what jumped off the screen. Yeah. For me, it's just like, it's again, just these women supporting each other and being strong. And like you said, not letting it go by the wayside because of Jason and Jason's walking around like a Bobo all week, but these women are standing strong together. And Sam obviously has an understanding of what's going on, but she's also had to move on with her life quite a long time ago. Like, and I love that she said to Maxie, you know, like burning up my stuff and like, you know, the potential of somebody new on the horizon obviously helps her. Yeah. And I mean, look, she might've moved on, but I can understand how that's still a shock. Like she still gets a reaction. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I do believe she has moved on and she has accepted things and there and all that stuff. But I, I still think, yeah, I, I would expect her to have some kind of a, of of a reaction, but it's interesting. She said, "I burned stuff from the not so good old days, right? Or from, or from the bad old days." She said something like that. Mm-hmm. So it so, was. Um, it's great. Okay, so it's funny they made this just passing comment last week about TJ, right? About like, mm-hmm. oh, you could have been right, yes. like a lawyer or whatever. But then, like, he's really. I mean, look. At the end of the day, he wants his dad out, right? He wants Sean out. This is not a rando person to him. Yes, it's his biological father, but it's also somebody who was super pivotal in turning his life around when he was younger. And so he's asking a lot of questions. Like he's straight up on this case. And then later on, Curtis even turns around and is like, what are you, a PI? I like because so hard because we talked about this just last yeah. week, like how like, you know, maybe by day and by night or later on or, or what would this look like? And yeah, I was just, what, my mouth like dropped open when he said, I'm like, oh my goodness, they are and listening they- to us. And they did, yes, that's what it felt like. And they did make a point of being clear about his current career. They made a point of establishing that he is, he passed his exam. And that he'll be starting as an intern at the hospital. um, And so that he's well on his way to to doctrinus. And while also being extremely curious about the law and all that. Absolutely. So that was really, I love that, you know, Portia just saying like, oh, I guess I should call you doctor. And yes, I loved how. so nice. <laughs> oh, what a great ring to it. Right. And I loved how TJ was kind of pushing Curtis to talk to him more. It's like, what I forgot. And we always talk about his how uncle. Close, <laughs> right. He's like, hey, uncle, you know, mom's no. fam, like mom's mom, but you're it's like, but you're his. Yep. 
That's your uncle. You're still That's family. what makes it easier, <laughs> right? Don't you find it just makes your circle easier? And so, and I mean, I don't blame the guy. He's not a kid. Like you can talk to him. Like at the end of right? the day, like because I remember when they were having problems. Like at the end of the day, like TJ was the one with the stable relationship. So you know what? If there's anything you want to talk about, that might be your man to talk to. Um, and. But what else I thought was funny is, so he's talking to Curtis, you know, just saying like, you need to like, maybe you should ask more, maybe you should get more clarification. But yes. we know that he he did have a conversation earlier with Portia. And what I found funny is that in his interaction with Portia at the hospital, you know, he's he's basically trying to convince her to just be together. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I couldn't help but think about how much he did that with Jordan. Like yeah. wore wore her down <laughs> to, to, just, to just be together uh, because circumstance was a big part of it, right? Like he, like she married his brother. Yes, it's, and it's, so it's, it's hard. So, <laughs> so so that whole dynamic was tough. But he was like, let's push past it. That and your lack of interest for me. Let's just push past <laughs> it. And then, and then and then with Portia, you know, there's history, right? There's a few awkward things. She's like. You left the last time, and we're learning that about Curtis. So I am loving these little details that we're getting to develop in characters. With Curtis, we're learning he's quite black and white about yes. forgiveness, about wrongdoing. We learned that he shuts off very quickly from people. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. If I, you sure. think about those characteristics that you think of Trina. Oh, no. But also, you know, when we talk about Sasha later, I do love how they're developing her character as well. Like, not only is she strong and she's really direct, but I love how they're doing that. Like, she always has the right stuff to say when it's either when it's with Cyrus or directly with Brando, like she did today. But, like, back to like Curtis, it's just a really interesting trend that he has to keep convincing women that he's a good, a good get. Oh, and the whole, like, meet me at the club if you're interested. It's like, all right. Yeah, Portia, like, talk about, (laughs) talk about direct. Portia was like, he gave it one last go. And she's like, is that all? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, damn. Portia. Oh, man. Okay, but Portia happened to be the one to introduce us to the pool area. And congratulating Carly on this new MetroCorp project. I kind of loved it. Business is booming in Port Charles. <laughs> we got a bar. The garage is doing good. Deception is flying off the ground. And now that MetroCorp has a spa and pool. Like, I remember when they were talking about developing the spa. But this is so cool. They have a rooftop pool. I believe it's a rooftop. Like, I believe people think they're outside. Is I that the that deal? Th- yeah. yeah. There okay. was actually some chatter on the internet. Like I went on some other pages. I think it may have been the actual like official GH page. And there's people talking like, is it rooftop? Why is there a wall? People like, maybe oh, there's a retractable ceiling. I thought it was that so is, funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. As I was literally thinking in my head, the walls are throwing me off. Right? As to why <laughs> I'm unsure. But it's like a pool. Like there's people it's in the actual, actual pool. Oh my gosh. And today, like when Dante was there talking mm-hmm. to his pretend mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. to, to what's Chase. his name? Chase. <laughs> I was like, I was like staring at my screen and Donnie's like, he walks up to see what's going down. Cause he didn't see it yesterday when I was watching. Cause yesterday we got like the debut, right? Yes. We got some Curtis, like my mm-hmm. favorite version of TJ. Curtis. Yeah. My favorite version. <laughs> That's how I like Curtis. Quiet uh-huh. and like that. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, you know, TJ, 
and then like Brando and mm-hmm. I was just like oh my god this is so amazing best <laughs> summer then, ever <laughs> and then and then today Dante and Chase and I'm just like giggling at the tv and just trying to not be so giggly and he's like what I'm like it's just amazing to me like ever <laughs> since they opened up the pool it's like man after man has been out here it's yeah, kind of I amazing wrote, I wrote pool highlights shirtless men <laughs> like I have no comment like I might just publish like some pictures or just being like I don't remember like I don't know <laughs> I don't even amazing. know what the caption is like I really don't um okay Drooling so, I love- <laughs> so, so I love that TJ made peace with Brando being like because remember oh, you yeah. said I can't believe they didn't congratulate him like, it's not all about you so like TJ did but I wish he gave a little bit more like let's also be best friends for life that also okay, so <laughs> I felt that very much, but I was really excited to see that like extension of, you know, congratulations because I know yeah. that that's what's to come, especially with like, if he decides to like join the mob or not, or like this whole thing with Sasha <gasps> and have somebody to confide in, you know? Okay. This is kind of cool though, because like every mob needs like a mob doctor and TJ used <gasps> to live at Sonny's house. So, you Ooh. know, doing the favors, being there for his best bud. You know, I think that's because the thing is, it's like there was always that possibility, right? Like, no, not possibility, but Michael and Chase, for instance, like Michael wasn't directly involved in the mob, but they were on two opposite sides. So it'd be kind of fun this way, right? Because neither of them are really in law enforcement, but they are on opposite sides being besties. Oh, I love TJ. I really do. I really (laughs) do. So if, if it gets to lead to more of that, I think that would be amazing. Um, what I have to say about Gladys, though. Oh, dear Lord. So she Can we push her, her? Can we push her in the pool? I, w- I would love to push her in the pool, but it's really interesting that she made her Carly-like hair debut. Yes. Okay, I wrote that down. Yes. Okay, continue. Oh That's what I have to say. She, I wrote, "Girl is nuts." That me too. Joking. She's so nuts. Four exclamation marks. And I'm like, yeah, Brando is next in line. Like when you think of the mom. Mm. He's just right up there. It's like she has zero clue, right? She has zero clue about everything. Like she's oh. she lives in her own fantasy world. She does, but with Brando, even before, like when his mom was in the hospital and he felt that like guilt and wanted to like reconnect with his mom, a part of me was like, is he going to let that voice in? And I feel like there's a part of him that he is. did. He is yeah. slowly. Like, yes, he gets mad at her, but I wish he would get mad at her more because she's so not on this planet. Right. But I think my favorite was when, you know, he, the mother brought up this idea of being a provider. And I love that he um, was like the <laughs> 1950s called and they want their sexism back. He's like, she has her own company. She can, she can She's survive all right. on her own. <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. Like, like I said, I think that Gladys is living a fantasy, right? She feels entitled. She feels the world owes her something. And I think she feels like she should have Carly's life. And the way that she's overprotective and trying to insert herself is just sort of like, you know, your poor man's Carly in a way. Absolutely. But then, like, when Brando did actually step in when that whole Novak situation happened, like, Gladys was just on cloud nine. Oh, my dear Lord. Yes. But it's interesting to hear Sasha, you know, again, this is where the life comes in. So, it, it's like I wonder what it means you know like I, I want Sasha to be there for a very long time I love her character yes. um but I don't blame the girl 
right? For for this. Like, yes, she dated Michael. I mean, she I don't know. She didn't really have much of a problem. Well, yeah, she it's did get different. shot at. No, she yeah. got shot at. She did True. get shot at. And mm. he did want to put distance between them. And then she had her own experience. But like she points out, I have a child now. So I, I just love that it's really interesting to see, right? Because we have this entity, which is the life. And then you have different responses to it, like people in it wanting to leave, being like, it's dangerous for my kids. You have people that wouldn't touch it to start with. And then you have mm-hmm. the people that are in it. So it's really interesting just to see the effect of that sort of entity and all these characters, right? Because you have Maxi and Sasha talking about it. You know, it's part of Carly's life. Sam walked away from it. We know how Dante feels. It's, it's just really interesting to see because that is sort of the thing that positions everyone in Port Charles. Exactly. We have Spinelli walking into it. Like he's, yeah. you know, him and Ellie are separating because he just, he identifies and wants to be a part of that life. It was really cool to hear what he had to say, right? Um, To talk about the fact that most of his relationship took place when Jason was dead. And yes. isn't, isn't that sad that it sounded like he's like, and back then it was sort of like, yeah, I'll follow you. I'll do whatever. So it sounded like he wasn't really doing anything while Jason was gone. Like a part of him no. died as well. Yes. I, I was really taken by that conversation and the fact that Maxie made the point of having Sam, you know, watch over Spinelli. So, yeah, I've, I definitely think this is about pulling Spinelli uh, back into the fold more on a full time basis, because, again, I think he has to reestablish his story. I don't know, like being full time on the canvas with a fake girlfriend. Right. That's really hard. I, I just thought it was interesting. Like his conversation with Jason, there was so much, it was so multi-layered because it is right because of Jason and Carly and what they're living, like they're living this life without Sunny. And, you know, Jason talks about, you know, to start a life that, you know, you can't live a life that you don't believe in. Like there was so much in there that what was did you so take heavy. From it? Well, I take that basically, you know, Jason is living this life without Sonny. And the only reason, obviously, that he can live it is without Sonny. But it's not the life that he wants to be living. He does want the opportunity to live a life that is fully his choice. What does that even mean to him at this point, right? Because what I've learned about Jason is that he never wanted to run the business. And Mm -hmm. he likes hands-on work. (laughs) And I also learned that this is a life he'll never walk away from. You know, a long time ago, like when he broke up with Sam and they were in the car, he was in the car with Sonny. He talks about like, I loved her and I wanted to give Sam, you know, what she wanted when she wanted a child. But I knew that was stupid. Like he also knows that being in this life means having a kid and having a family is just a no go. Like he knows he can't do that. So when we talk about this idea of him being free for me, I'm like, yeah, I think it just means free to be in the mob without having to deal with like the rest well that it to me it was one of those other annoying jason moments where he he's trying to be deep and it sounds like it's deep like the deep part for me was the life of like you know jason and carly but the fact of like him making his own choices is him wanting to figure out what happens with brit but like you said the reality is he's not going to leave the mob he's going to stay in the mob have another woman kind of under his wing or under a spell or whatever you want to call it, but then it'll go nowhere and he'll still be in the place that he's always in. But so that's he's the always thing. very stuck. But that's why I'm so excited to see where the writers are going to take this. You know, like yes. you and I are always down for the ride and we'll follow it wherever it goes. But I guess I'm curious, you know, it's a big move trying to push Carly and Jason together like this. Yes, it's a fake marriage, but you're kind of toying with this idea because Jason's playing the damn role for a guy who's like, oh, Brit, like he 
is yeah. playing this role to a T. Like, I feel like Carly would have been like, oh, you could have just walked away <laughs> without right? doing that. But he does it, right? He is slowly getting more and more physical. And I kind of like it. To me, it's fun to watch um, because they're friends. And I think it's fun to watch the awkwardness. I find it's fun to watch them figure it out because, again, it's the pacing that I'm finding interesting. It's not super in your face, but it's subtle. You know, first it was the fireworks. He puts his hand on her waist. It was the holding mm -hmm. of the hands. This time he leaned in for a kiss on her cheek. It's going to be super funny to watch them actually act like a married couple as opposed to telling everyone they're a married couple or going to be married. Exactly. And like, so, I can't wait for that kiss when they pronounce them husband and wife. Yes, I'm just curious about that because, look, I don't deny that there's, like, this chemistry there. And I don't deny that he's sad about it. But we keep hearing the same message being thrown at him, one that he does not deny. You know, when Sam says to his face, like this is something a lot of people say just to each other, but Sam mm -hmm. said it to his face, she comes before all else. Yes. So yeah. that's why it's like, I don't know what to buy when I see him be sad. Like, yeah, I know you're sad because it's a shitty situation. You know what I mean? If life was normal, you would have dated her. Things would have ended and then you would have been right back where you started. Exactly. Like that's would have been it. Because I think the one thing when we talk about this entity of the life, you know, what's clear is it's something he is never going to walk away from. So at the end of the day, the commitment is to that. And it's easy to commit to someone like Carly, who is also committed to that life. Exactly. Anyway, oh. so I am excited to see that because it wasn't the first time he's had a conversation like that with Spinelli where I really do find his words in particular carry a lot of weight. Even the first time he talked to Jason and Britt about Ellie. It was yes. loaded. The idea of honesty, the idea of being together. And at the end of the day, like while Jason does look torn, he does acknowledge repeatedly that it's the best choice and it's the only thing that makes sense. Yes, Even absolutely. in that conversation with Spinelli. So in terms of marital choices, the <laughs> inspiration for it all, Ava. Yes. So a little bit of her came back when she found Spencer at, at uh, Windermere. I love, I mean, I, I don't hide it. I love Ava. I love everything about that scene where yeah. she's struggling between wanting to rip his eyeballs out and saying, you know, Nicholas, I'm really happy you have your son back. I'm really, but she, there's some Ava instinct. She has good gut instinct. Like all of a sudden oh, he magically yeah. appears like, hello, she's going to have a close eye on him. And Nicholas seems to be a little weary, but at the same time, it is his son. He's been waiting for him to come back. Like, I think his vision will be blurred of what's going to happen, but he definitely will believe Ava over Spencer in the end. It's going to be bad because if you need mm -hmm. that extra, let's say, judgment, Laura is there, right? Laura is definitely oh, yes. in this story. She was present for these father and son duo who've never acted together because it's like new Nicholas new Spencer <laughs> you know and she makes the point of telling Ava we'll do whatever to get you back into this family absolutely and bring your stalker to justice yeah so it's going to be a rough ride and I do think that there is some trust that has to be re rebuilt with Nicholas because even for him it's like why are you here now exactly the timing is ridiculous and then there's the whole like Trina thing like how is that going to work out like what is she going to think of him and she's getting to know him and yes he acts a little strange but they were hanging out in a tree and just you know talking and getting to know each other I mean look I don't want to make too much of it but it's like Trina has always been the one to see through things yes. and cut through the crap and he has done things that have come off as shocking or rude <laughs> so mm -hmm. you know what I mean and the fact that she just keeps rolling with it it's not necessarily that Trina I came to know but at the same time 
it's different when it's your situation, right? Like if she's into this guy, like I can see that, you know, Mm -hmm. she's willing to give a bit more leniency, if you will. But I think it's going to be really complicated because Ava, when she finds out that it's Spencer dating Trina. Yes. It's going to be really complicated because if, if Trina decides to move forward with Spencer, it's, I think, yeah, I think it's going to create some complications potentially for Ava and Trina. While I think their bond is super strong, I guess I'm not quite sure how it's going to go, but I do know there's going to be definitely a lot of friction. Absolutely. But I hope that before the friction happens that they get to go on their girls shopping trip together. Oh, for sure. And even when I say friction, like I'm not even sure in what direction, right? Because Trina is super, super loyal. So it's possible she'll date Spencer because she gets to know him and he's going to be nice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously Ava will always sort of be the elephant in the room. Um, But yeah, I just think that once people find out to what lengths Spencer went through it's gonna be really really horrible and for again for people like Trina that he's just met who knows Ava right she knows Ava more than she knows Spencer it's gonna be hard for all the people even like Laura who've come to know Ava to be like wow what are you doing like nothing has been the same like you have been frozen in time and no one Mm -hmm. actually froze you your family has the capacity to actually freeze people. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it's just going to be really bad. It's really bad. Like Spencer has crossed a line like no other at this point. Well, like everybody else in town, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, right? It is what it is. We're here for the ride. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, so can I just jump in with my favorite line? Yes, you can. Shoot. Okay. It's Monica's. When she <gasps> says, is it yours? Go ahead, says, yes, but I love it. Edward's libido strikes again. Super cash. I love that. I thought that was so funny. Oh, that's okay. So it's not that one. It's when she said, it's the way she said it so gracefully and beautifully that Austin is a product of a dalliance. It just sounded so beautiful. Oh, okay. That was way too smart. I went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is such a like diplomatic, very graceful way of putting it. Like, yeah, he's the illegitimate child. or how or how olivia put it the bastard son of that was that was the freaking best okay do you have any other favorite lines or gold stars um okay let me see okay the gold star goes to the men who showed up to the pool heck yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i totally love that oh my gosh um maybe maxi Yes, yes. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I'm giving my gold star to to Maxi for sure. But in terms of favorite lines, there's always a ton. There's always a ton. But Monica's was the most recent and the funniest, I think, for me. Oh, absolutely. I was just like, not like laugh out loud funny, but just the way Dante delivers his lines. Like he looks like he's like, arrest my kid for for doing a cannonball. And he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right? He's got like a vibe to him, right? Right, and then when Chase turns to Dante and says, like, so when did you become this big ray of sunshine? And anyways, just their whole interaction to me was, like, really cute and definitely put a smile on my face. I mean, it could have been because they were shirtless, but, like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but with Chase, um, mm-hmm. I, this is the part I love about, you know, cementing certain things about people's characters. And if anything, Chase plays that little brother role so well. Yes, absolutely. Like, he does such a good job. And I'm really happy he can move his big toe. Me too. It is a big deal. I don't know why he's like down on himself. It's like you couldn't move your legs and you're doing therapy and you can move your toe. Like that's promising. Exactly. Okay. So 
um, last little line before I get to something neat that I noticed <laughs> when Mike was trying to be out like, Lenny, I have money. I'll help you. Lenny's all like, I, I pay you. I know how much you get paid. <laughs> I know what money you have. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So I know we've been talking about Austin a lot. He's just been kind of sprinkled into all the storylines. So there was one interaction. I think it was at the beginning of the week when he interacted with Amy and all I could think about was obviously the nurse's ball. I'm like, what is Austin going to perform? No, when I saw Amy, that's what that meant to me. I'm like, she's back. The nurse's ball is coming soon. So I'm very excited. <laughs> I wonder if he'll just be, do like a scandalous, you know, performance a la Obrecht maybe. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking because like they're kind of connected because it's like the same actor. Anyways, I just thought like totally thought along the same vibe. That would be funny. Okay, actually, one of my favorite lines is from him is that whole bit he does with Carly. Is everyone in this town related to everyone else? Like, I love that nod to the silliness that is soap operas, but also the fun that is soap operas. Absolutely. So same with my gold stars. It's been a stellar week gold star to the pool. Um, So we did it. That's a wrap for this weekend. So everybody have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye.